Speak seductively. Hi, everyone. I'm Kyle Cannon, erotic fiction author, naturist, and swinger. And I'm Lily Cannon, book cover model, audiobook narrator, naturist, and swinger. And you're listening to the Speak Seductively podcast. I have an erotic fiction series called The Photographer's Story and over 15 erotic novellas on Amazon. Two themes in my work are the promotion of a sex-positive lifestyle and the development of strong, sexually confident female characters. My writing has been described as slow foreplay, building until the reader is breathless with need. You can find my novels and short stories on Amazon. They're all free with Kindle Unlimited. We want to welcome you to another exciting and informative edition of Speak Seductively. We use this platform to promote other authors, talk about sex and relationships. Please be aware, we will be discussing adult topics from sex to the swinging lifestyle and more. Our approach is always classy, but be ready for frank conversations. Our guests are frequently erotic authors or those in the lifestyle. Hey everyone, it's Kyle and Lily with an important message to all of our listeners. If you've been listening to us for a long time or reading Kyle's books, we hope you have heard the message we stress. It's the importance of communication and a sex-positive lifestyle. One of the key components of that lifestyle is consent. Remember, no means no. Hey everyone, this is Kyle Cannon. And Lily Cannon. And welcome to another episode of the Speak Seductively podcast. Um, We're excited tonight because we have an author returning to us for another interview, along with a co-author. They've written a, a really intriguing book um, that delves into a lot of into BDSM and a lot of different elements of that. And we'll actually let the authors talk more about the book. But um, Lily. Um, So, yeah, we have a returning guest and we always love to have authors and anyone else that we have interviewed come back with us. I think uh, it's fun for us to establish our relationships and um, have those friendships coming back. So we're really excited to have Lito Armitage back with us, um, also writing as Maddox. And Lito has introduced us to a friend of his, Lynn Reinhardt. So we're going to get right into it. And um, they co-author together and we're going to let them uh, talk about themselves. So Lito, could you start us off and let us know, let our listeners know who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Lito Armitage. I am a storyteller and writer. I'm sometimes called an erotica writer. I'm not entirely comfortable with that because I simply write about people and people have sexual aspects to their existence. And so that comes out in some of my stories. Mm. And one of the things I find intriguing about being a writer is that we, by necessity, are always representing aspects of ourselves. Uh, nobody is interested, for example, to hear about a writer who writes about people's psychology and relationships, talk about their deep love of Steinbeck and the situation of the Southern California in the early 20th century. So we're we're always kind of selectively aspecting ourselves. And one aspect of myself comes out another pen name, which is Maddox Reinhardt. And this came about from my discussions with Lynn, who you'll meet in just a moment. And Maddox is a personality that's a little more raunchy than Leto is at times, maybe a little less interested in topics like human psychology and relationships. Uh, and, And raunchy also in the sense of being earthy. So, for example, there's a lot of food in these stories, and I love to cook. So, uh, carnal in both senses of the term. And, yeah, I'm going to say one more thing about the scope of these stories, because Lynn's going to talk more about Pets Penance and the series that is kicking off. But I'm kind of a greedy bastard when it comes to stories. (laughs) And how is that? (laughs) Well, you know, we we talk a lot in this day and age about representation and diversity, and people love to uh, signal their virtuousness by saying, we want diversity and we want representation. And in fact, I want these things, but I don't want them because 
I'm a noble person. I want them because I'm greedy and I want to hear all the stories in the world. And that means hearing all the stories from different kinds of people with different situations in life and different backgrounds and different ethnicities and all those things. So when Lynn and I were talking about this story, which has some elements that are very close and personal to her, uh, I, I was really excited to work with her on it. So. Okay. That sounds awesome. And uh, our, our guests know this, um, uh, Lily or I will occasionally have to leave the room because unfortunately we do have day jobs and they tend to intrude in our lives. So, um, sure. uh, Maddox and, and Lynn, I apologize. Lily had to step out, uh, shortly. So hopefully she'll be back with us, but in the meantime, uh, let's go to Lynn. Uh, can you tell us about yourself and your writing style and, and, uh, the things that you've published so far? I don't know if I am the right person to talk about my writing style, really. <laughs> um, and also, I haven't published anything before this book um, in terms of fictional writing. I've been a writing coach for 35 years. Uh, I started out my life thinking that I was going to have a life in publishing and, and media production. And so that's that's where I started off from. And so I've been doing that. I've been an editor and I've been in education teaching these things. And I've written a lot of non-fictional things over the years, but I decided mm -hmm. that, you know, writing fiction was going to be something I did when I'm old and have all the time in the world. And then, uh, like, <laughs> you know, most people have had this experience, the pandemic happened. And um, all of a sudden it felt more interesting to write about things that wasn't so real and so close to what was going on outside the house. So. That's when my fictional writing journey started. But I did used to write erotica when I was younger, um, mainly on a commission basis. And I did mm -hmm. write some together with a man where we did do what we have been doing here, not quite as advanced and not to the same extent. But that, that's where the idea started. And I was saying that erotica gets on my nerves so often because I feel like Men writing erotica have a tendency to miss out on the female sensation of of the whole thing. And and also on the flip side, women writing erotica tend to miss out a lot on the male experience, right? And yeah. then I felt like when you mesh the two and, and you write together, um, if you're open with the person you're writing with, then you can cover both of those aspects. Mm -hmm. So in the way we're writing is that I write Lynn's point of view and talk about her life and her thoughts and whatever. And then we get Maddox's thoughts and his point of views separately. But when they interact, like whether they are having sex or whether they're just having discussions, we write each out each um the two different parts. So I write her, he writes him and and I don't know, it opens up a different door somehow. It gives you a a different perspective on them as people, but I also feel like it gives it a more real feeling. I I I completely agree. I think what you're describing lends depth and takes a story beyond um the tropey erotica that that's out there to something more where there's actual character development going on. Um I'm I'm fortunate that uh, Lily proofs most of my work and gives me a female perspective when she reads it. So I mm. I'm listen I, I'm smiling as I'm listening to how you were describing that because I I have found that female perspective on what I'm writing to be absolutely critical to make it more believable. I believe so too, and and it also opens the door for more readers, obviously, because. More right. people can enjoy it if it's if it has two perspectives and and I don't know we, we live in a time when more and more people are talking about being lonely and not having relationships and finding it hard to meet someone and when they do meet someone they don't really know how to relate to them so I kind of feel like we need more of of that perspective where you see it from two sides. I I completely agree and and uh, I'm welcoming Lily back into the room now. So hi. 
Um, <laughs> we, uh, we, we actually wrote a book together where we did something similar to what you're describing, where we each took a, uh, we each wrote a chapter, one from a male, male perspective and one from the female perspective. Mm -hmm. and, and it was for us, I would say it was fascinating reading getting, you know, oh, so that's what you're thinking when somebody's doing that. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. So which of you wants to tell us about uh, the book that you're writing together, Pets Penance, which, by the way, we will have links to this. It's coming out uh, in 10 days after our recording here. So mm -hmm. uh, we want to yeah. make sure we get that out there. I don't know, but it's, it's up, up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I saw or something. Um, it's it's uh, on pre-order at the moment. Oh, good. Okay, mm. we'll uh, we'll put some teasers out as soon as we can can get some things going. But um, uh, Lynn, do you want to keep talking about and and get into pets penance? Yeah, I can just start because it's it's a little bit interesting. I was complaining on Twitter a year ago loudly about how I was annoyed with two things. Uh, one that I was talking about the perspective, and the second was. I had this, I, I am disabled, and, and I had this problem with how disabled representation looks in erotica. And I felt like I'm so fed up. Every time I find something I think is going to be interesting to me, people like me are either there as a prop or as someone's fetish, but not, not for ourselves, for our own enjoyment. And mm -hmm. we never get to be the sort of center point in the story that is there and actively enjoying a life of, of joy and passion and lust and love. And um, I, I wanted to, I wanted to change that at least in a small part. And uh, I had quite a few people reaching out and saying, oh, this would be interesting to do. Um, but you kind of need to find someone, like you said about writing with, with, um, with Lily, it's like you need to find someone where you, where you can relate to each other and you can get, actually communicate about these things. Uh, and you also need to have a similar idea of, of of how to treat people and how you want to be around people, etc. So it's not that easy to just pick someone. But uh, we started working on a completely different story um, that is also going to come out in the future. Um, and then at some point, I... I kind of felt, and I think we both felt that we we need to start with this story because this story is fundamentally mine, and it's so much about me and my life. Uh, the the main character of Pet's Penance is is Pet, who is also Lynn, and Lynn is me. Um, the book is fictional, but the the character is me she has my feelings she has mm -hmm. my thoughts she has my experience of living a life as a disabled woman and 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 all that comes into that so i am um i, I feel very naked in in releasing this into the world because this is a part of me that i normally don't share with other people because it's raw and and it makes you feel vulnerable I think that I think that's amazing and and hopefully people read it and get that you're burying your soul to them. I, I, I do hear a lot of authors um, who who say that, but um, I from reading the description and everything with this, it it really comes out that that you are actually you you are burying your soul in this work. So kudos to you on that. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, uh, Maddox, tell us about mm -hmm. your your part with the book. Well, I kind of feel like uh, I'm mainly an assistant to Lynn on this. <laughs> she's <disagree>. master. <laughs> she's she masterminded it, and I have contributed the male point of view character, who is very much based on me. Uh, although I think the Maddox in the book is probably a better cook than I am and uh, certainly is much more successful as a writer than I am at this point. <laughs> but he is a dominant male um, with a background in the BDSM community, and he has a DS relationship with Pet. 
And that draws very heavily from my own life and experience. And one thing that I wanted to do with this was show a healthy DS relationship. And yeah. a DS relationship that was based more on affection and caring than billionaire playboys asserting their manhood or something. I right. know. Um, we, we talked about that trope last time I was here and it still galls me. <laughs> it, it does the same for, for us. Um, we've, we've been fortunate to talk to some people who are really well-versed with BDSM who live the lifestyle and um, all of them have very negative feelings about that particular book and, and others like it that, um, that, that take the lifestyle and twist it into something that it really isn't. Right. I must admit that I am slightly ambivalent. I, I have to say that about because I suppose we're talking about all these different shades. And um, I the, the one thing that it did that I see as a positive is that before Fifty Shades, saying that you were, <laughs> I, I call it being a sex larper, uh, live action role play, but to, to say to people <laughs> that you were, were, were into <laughs> To say that you were were into to to BDSM or that you were on the BDSM scene or something would normally get people to give you very weird looks before Fifty mm -hmm. Shades, and it, yeah. it immediately cast you into some kind of pariah state, especially as a woman, um, because that's just wrong. And and what happened after Fifty Shades was that every single woman who'd been giving you nasty looks for years was all of a sudden reading about this stupid man child and, <laughs> and, and getting ideas about what it is we do, right? Right. And their ideas about what we do are nothing like what we do. And that it, it intrigued me on one on, on the one hand, but it also scared me because I realized that I all of a sudden had friends and colleagues who were engaging in quite dangerous practices that they had no idea what they were doing. Or and and they were saying when I said, Well, hang on, what about consent? What about this? What about that? They were like, Oh no, you don't need that. Or no, I I've I've seen you, you don't that that's not necessary. And yeah. I felt, oh my gosh. So on the one hand, what it did was that it brought it, it all of a sudden became okay to be a, 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 a perverted sex deviant, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because all of a sudden people were reading about Christian Grey in the lunchroom and that was fine. Yeah. Um, and that is, I, I think that's positive because I don't like the idea that sex needs to happen behind closed doors and it's nothing we can talk about. So that, that thing was good, but... But everything that, that came with it and that has followed, where we now have apparently all billionaires are 24 and they are white and they don't take no for an answer and they choke people with belts and do all sorts of dangerous things. And oh. It's the, the whole consent part that mm -hmm. I think people, you, you touched on this, but um, I, I don't think it can be stressed enough that with any of this, like when, when Lily and I are talking about um, uh, swinging, uh, you have to have consent of everybody involved. Otherwise, it's it does it's not good. It's it's not good for anybody or everybody when you get there. But consent, communication, and safety. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And sex should be fun, and it's not fun when people are pressured and don't have true consent to the activities. No, no. And it's and I think it disturbs me that there are people who are who read the books and are using that as an outlet for doing I'm, harmful things, doing harmful things. Yeah. Right. And and then others are becoming victims of that because they think that's the way it should be. And oh, well, like. Yeah kind of like being tied up but and then they think they get the interpretation that the entire bdsm world is like that and yeah that's, right that's harmful yeah. to that community but yeah, you don't and... have to go ahead <laughs> go ahead man i was <laughs> sorry no i was just gonna say that 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 
um, not only that, but also the practices that are doing it in dangerous ways uh, with, with risking nerve damage and all sorts of things mm-hmm. is quite scary. Well, exactly, because that takes the fun out of it in in the long I mean, it takes the fun out of it. It's not yeah. enjoyable anymore. No. So in your book, how do you approach that? Um, uh, you know, you, you said a, a, a lot of this is, is your feelings and your thoughts um, and, and your life. How do you approach explaining how to do any of these things? Or do you get into it much or do you just dance around ropes and stuff like that? Well, in, in this first because this is the first book of four, and it's a relatively short story. It's about 12,000 words. Um, but there is a continuation after these four as well. But but these belong together, and they tell a, a specific story. Um, we we saw this more as a way of, of putting these two characters out there um, in a Christmassy, holiday-themed story, which kind of touches upon a number of different things and in this first one we basically wanted to show the 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 relationship for what it is so that you understand who is pet who is lynn who who's maddox and and how do they relate to each other and that you get to see one aspect which is a very loving um intimate relationship um but you also see that there are sites where the, the 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 dominant part sets, you know, puts his foot down and says, "No, this is not the case. So you did something wrong. So now you're going to have to do your penance to <laughs> fix it." <laughs> well, it's always it's it, I I'm I'm kind of chuckling as you're going through that. It's always hard for. Uh, I I would usually tell an author tell us as much as you can without giving away the story, <laughs> um, and and I feel like you were trying to give us all of that without giving away the story. Yeah, I mean, this is as I said, it's it's the first part of four, so this story obviously will carry on, but you can you could read them as standalones as well. We we decided to write them so that you could pick up one and just read that, but if you read the full series, you get more of a more of a, a, a complete story. But uh, something happens in book one and the final resolve um, of all of that happens in book four. But there are part resolves along the way. And part of what interested me in the story when we started outlining it was that early on, there is an event that happens that sort of pushes the boulder downhill that propels the rest of the story. And it does involve a point of conflict between Maddox and Lynn. And I feel like normally in these sort of power exchange BDSM stories, that's the big plot, right? You know, oh my God, there's a conflict. You know, how can you possibly have a conflict? This will have to be resolved. And instead, they sit down like adults and talk about it. Mm. Yeah, which doesn't happen in a lot of books or or tv or places because um it's too simple to resolve a solution by having an adult conversation mm. but in fact that does lead to a stimulus of action that helps move the story forward and leads into the future stories right so, sorry, I, I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, too many, too many, too many thoughts. Too many questions. That's okay. But we start. We start out by showing uh, because Lynn is interesting as a character, and I think this is definitely part of of the autobiographical side for me. Um, that Lynn, as a businesswoman, she has been working and doing well within her career for for uh, uh, for quite a long time. Um, and that's how she meets Maddox because she becomes his editor. Um, but she also has this other side to herself, which is the vulnerable person that, but where her disability lives and where there is a part of her that she has guarded very closely for her entire life, where she can be hurt, where she is sensitive, a side that she can't really 
allowed to be out in the open because then people won't take her seriously as a, a professional woman. And that is definitely my experience, that the, the balancing act of being a person with feelings and emotions, etc. But once you're in a wheelchair, all of those things need to be put down in a bag somewhere and you just pull the zipper on it. Because if I let that out, then that's all I'm ever going to be allowed to be. Right. Um, and that's where she is pet. So pet is very sensitive. She is like a different person from Lynn. How how do you um how do you address uh being disabled? One of the things you had mentioned earlier stuck with me, and I apologize if I get this wrong, but explaining getting into how a disabled person um needs to feel the same sexual needs and and love and lust and all of that um how do you feel like you're you're expressing that in your book um i don't know if we express that we need it the same but what i think we do and what i think is beautiful is that you will see in the book that when lynn lynn is lynn when she's working and she's pet when she's not working and she is tiny pet when she is super emotional or super vulnerable and and she kind of withdraws and 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 gets very very little in 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 that instance um but maddox treats her the same either way to to him she is always pet and he treats her like pet and he sees her as a strong independent woman and the kind of dynamic they have is that he is her personal assistant on a private level, but she is his on a, on a business level, and he calls the shots and and makes the decisions as the dominant part of the relationship. But when it comes to running their business, she is the dominant part because she makes most of the working decisions, etc. So you see this this play between them, where where she gets to be the vulnerable person that needs help, and I am particularly proud of, and also particularly freaked out about um <laughs> the last the last part of of this book which is a, uh, it is a maddox point of view but he writes about how he is um caring for her uh because i i need care i need someone to take care of me to to help me with washing and dressing and whatever and he he has described that so well in the book but it also i don't know can you explain <laughs> can you yeah explain maddox maddox it's time for you to jump in <laughs> um it is difficult to talk about because it is a very personal emotional thing mm. and the, the relationship is okay let me back up a second just to frame this thought a little I think a lot of people walk into an assumption that if you have a relationship where someone is a carer for another, that somehow that makes the one being cared for diminutive or less than the carer, mm -hmm. um, and that they're somehow not a real person then. Mm. And that really bothers me. You know, the reality is that we as people all need help in our lives. We all need to be cared for in different ways. Um, sometimes it's physically, sometimes it's emotionally, sometimes it's persistent, sometimes it changes over time. And I, what I wanted to write, and I think I succeeded at, was showing this relationship where it is a master caring for his pet who is a human being. And that's all it is. Mm -hmm. The fact that she happens to have certain needs that somebody else might not have is completely unimportant to him. Because if he was in a relationship with someone else, they would have their own needs. And uh, in his view, the fact that she has certain physical needs that he has to assist with it's just not important, actually. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's beautiful. I think that's a, a lovely way to to describe it. Um, 
So this book that you guys are putting together, Lynn, is this your first writing adventure? Uh, no, but it is my first writing adventure that is that is actually being published with my name on it in mm. this kind of fashion. I have written uh, in different ways before, and I've written a lot of non-fiction, as, as I said in the beginning. But this is the first fictional book that we are publishing, and that actually has what well, has part of my name on the front. Um, I think that's that's a sweet thing we did too. You mm-hmm. know, people who write together sometimes struggle to work out well I was putting two names on the cover what are we doing right and what we did was we decided that we are going to publish the books as Lynn Reinhardt and Lynn is obviously my name and Reinhardt is Maddox's surname so Mm. um are you enjoying the podcast so far to help us continue bringing you quality and interesting interviews please consider supporting us to learn more about Kyle and his work, follow him on Twitter at Kyle Cannon Author, or on Instagram at Kyle Cannon Fiction, or Facebook Kyle Cannon. Now back to Speak Seductively. We have a, 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 fiction, <laughs> a fictional marriage of pen names on the, the cover <laughs> of, the, of the book. I, I think that's awesome. Um, I'm curious about how you two got together, um, period, but also got together to write the story. Oh, he, pa- <laughs> he pounced on me. <laughs> Did you say he pounced on you? Yeah, he, he, he pounced on me. <laughs> I recall you sliding into my DMs. <laughs> well, Whoa. That's not where it started, actually. <laughs> it start it started on Twitter, which is funny. And and that's actually the other story that we're writing is is based on that partly, but with another person. I had someone writing to me on Twitter. I had I didn't know them, they didn't know me, but they were getting very flirtatious. And I thought, this is actually a great idea for a book. Mm. How you know, someone sliding into your DMs and not being a creep. But being <laughs> being flirtatious and sending you poems and 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 talking about things that matter to you, and oh. so Anna and Jeff, who is a, a, another couple that will come out in the book next year, uh, that's where they story their story starts. Um, but I posted when I because I'm writing a story uh, with uh, that is rooted in in Norse mythology and has nothing to do with erotica, but it does have. <laughs> apparently I can't write without putting sex in my stories so there is sex there too but <laughs> I posted something about Norse mythology and there was this person and I'm sorry to say this uh, I don't know where you guys are from but I'm Swedish and I have a bit of a, a chip on my shoulder over certain Americans who think they know everything about my, my culture and my heritage <laughs> <laughs> so there was this bearded uh, American who jumped into one of my posts. And I had only just started this account on Twitter. And he commented something on it. And I checked his profile. And uh, he's, I think it said at that time that, that he lived in Midgard or something like that. And I saw, yeah, I saw a, a big bearded guy. And I thought, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're like. And then he said, oh, well. It's kind of my heritage too. And I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> there is no armitage in, in Scandinavia. I can tell you that. And that's, that's, that's kind of where I started. You're trying to fool me and that's not going to work. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. so like flirty, flirty online kind of thing. And then when did you guys decide that you were going to write a book together? Uh, I think wasn't it kind of before Christmas? I think last year. About then, yeah. Um, I said, we we had talked about it, um, uh, because we did start to talk in 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 DMs that 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 thing about trying to to fool me into think that you were Scandinavian when you were not, and then <laughs> <laughs> started a lot of discussions. Um, and it turned out that we we had a lot in common on a number of different levels. Um, mm. and 
both liked to talk about stuff. Uh, so there was a shared understanding of, of a number of different things, shared interests in in books, uh, philosophy, whatever, really. And and so there was a lot of talking going on. And I did I did talk about this, and and I had already started to talk about to another a few other writers about the possibility of doing things with with this this disability erotica sorry i can't speak um <laughs> at that time but i wasn't really feeling it so i was kind of passing on messages and, and information but i didn't feel like i wanted to write with them because again this is very very private to me and yeah. and and uh, i have <laughs> they call me the dragon lady sometimes I guard my treasure and the biggest treasure I have is my soul and I don't want to give that away to people mm. um, to, to, to handle the way they want but um, we, we started on this other story but we I don't know something happened and, and I have actually written about that um, in in um, in the information inside the book that my story started because I, it is my story it started the way it does in the book I did I did something wrong <laughs> <laughs> I did something wrong and I had to do penance and um, I had to do the penance that the book is about oh. um, um, I wasn't, uh, this book starts out in New York, I was not in New York, or rather we were not in New York. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not the way it worked, but I did have to do what she has to do. And uh, when that was finished, uh, when we sort of resolved that whole thing, I think we, we just kind of looked at each other and went, this is where everything needs to start. Um, mm. this, this is the story that needs to begin this. and And so we we started to think, how would that work? And we realized that, well, actually, what it works is I, as a disabled person, and also kind of vocal about how I feel about things, I have also been involved in the Spoonie community for the best part of 30 years. Hmm. Pretty much at this point, because you lose people. When you get disabled, you lose people. Your friends disappear, family members disappear, etc. And you, hmm. you, you end up with a, a close-knit circle of people who understand your situation, because those are the only ones who really can talk to in the end um because you don't have to explain everything they don't try to 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 explain you to yourself they just know yeah um and that also means that i have talked to so many people and particularly women over the last 30 years about sex and love and relationships and i'm so fortunate because i have children and whatever but a lot of my friends didn't get that opportunity it didn't happen for them and they wanted to and they dreamed of it and it and it was hurtful and mm. it's been hard with relationships etc and I certainly have experienced that part that relationships aren't easy to manage in our situation mm -hmm. but I feel that there are so many stories not not individual stories but there's like a, a huge a huge pool of stories that that comes from that experience that I wanted to find ways of pulling from and putting into characters and and tell those stories of longing, of hope, of wanting something and not necessarily being able to work out how to get it. Um, and so it made sense in the end that if we told my story first, then Lynn could be the, the, the central, but Lynn and Maddox could be the central couple in a story that then branches out and tells stories about people that that she knows um, and and how how th their stories have, have unfolded as well. So I think that, that, that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that works out really well as a, as a fabulous teaser to what this book is and the listeners get kind of an inside idea of the topics and the plot and how this book unfolds and and that's why we do this podcast I think that's a beautiful um summation of of what you guys wrote down in this book um Maddox is there anything that you want to add to Lynn's story um we had so many exchanges back and forth about this and I was as I was sitting here listening to Lynn I suddenly remembered an exchange we had on Twitter 
early on in this process, actually about the original story we talked about, um, where she was complaining on Twitter about the lack of good stories featuring uh, disabled people and me replying, well, you know, I'd love to write a story like that, but I don't think I could bring it authenticity. I mm. don't think I could write that in a way that would give fair voice. And she said something to the effect of, well, maybe we could work on something together and I could help with that part. Mm. And I remember thinking, well, maybe you should write it. Mm. And then then we fast forward to after the penance I assigned to her um, <laughs> and she delivered to me something in writing. And I thought, you do need to write this. The, yeah. This is good. And you have something to say here and you have a voice that works. And she was a little reluctant at first. I think it was kind of a little bit of fake reluctance, though. Like she wanted <laughs> to do it, but she needed to be convinced a little. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted you to do it. <laughs> it. It's hard. Writing is is pouring yourself and your soul and and then letting others read it and critique it and sometimes say nasty things nasty things that. or nice <laughs> things that oh yeah i think writing and that kind of art form is is tough so i get it it is but and, and i'm also i mean i i have spent so much time making other people's better writer right mm -hmm. and and helping yeah. them to find their voice and tell their stories and so I know how to do that, but that's a different thing, right? It's about like being the football coach doesn't mean that you are going to be the prime footballer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Two different things. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do struggle sometimes. I look at my own work and I get overly critical and I I know what I want to say, but no matter how I try to say it, it just ends up looking really weird. And then I also have this other problem that I spent my life writing nonfiction, and that's a different type of writing. Yes. So yeah, it's it is hard. It is hard. And I've seen now that we were also putting out something that doesn't quite exist. And I think that's another thing we talked about. Everybody wants to do comps. What 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 does this look like? What does this sound like? What what can mm. you compare it to? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I was saying like I don't know this is like I don't know Peppa Pig meets Samantha Jones from Sex and the City <laughs> I, I, I really don't know how to explain what what this is because I don't know if that's funny or disturbing <laughs> I think it's both <laughs> it is both but mind you pet can be a bit disturbing at times as, as people will find out if they read the book there is a brilliant part where poor Maddox has to count and, and, and take a couple of deep breaths to deal with her <laughs> so, uh -huh. it, it's um, I suppose it fits but, but, no, but there is no book really like this and, and you can talk about aspirations and what kind of what kind of storytelling style you would like to be able to hit but the only ones that exist are so good that that would just be hubris right so <laughs> but 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 it but it is this and I think that is something because it is erotica but it is literary erotica um because it is telling stories on that that are important in themselves and would still be important if you took the sex out um but I I, I think that's <laughs> I, I think that's excellent and one of the reasons why we talk to a, a whole wide range of authors is to get stories out and to make sure that um, the people understand that that sex is everywhere and like sex is for all people and <laughs> right and that it's not this you know thing and and you said earlier that it's not something that um is just behind closed doors and mm. you don't talk about it and no one if you don't talk about it no one does it right like we were we were just <laughs> watching uh prior to this uh, uh sci-fi show i won't say the name but mm. 
the very end of it were two aliens were laughing at, over human sexual mores. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and and the comment was silly humans and they both started laughing their asses off and <laughs> Lily and I looked at each other and started laughing. Yeah, because uh, it we, is so true. But definitely true. Um I I get sad, I have to say, because we see a lot of writers obviously if you're on Twitter. And uh, it is so common and and that surprised me a little bit when I, I joined the, the writer side of Twitter um, in 2020. It, it surprised me to see that so many erotica writers were talking about how they were scared of families knowing that they wrote erotica, for instance. Mm-hmm. Or what if my mom found out? Or what if my friends found out? Or what if my kids found out, etc. And I don't know how how are we at this place where <laughs> yeah. pe- people are refusing to believe that their mom knows how to shag. It's like how did you <laughs> came into this world. Uh, well, it it goes back to, to something you were saying earlier about the BDSM community. Um, we know that. Um, I mean, we we have our we have our secret superhero identities as mm-hmm. as swingers and naturists that mm-hmm. we have to keep separate from our day jobs and from uh, most of our family because they just don't get it. And instantly. And I don't know, maybe they would. And we're just so like afraid to just even go there because just don't want the stigma and don't want the judgment and don't want all of that. Right. And I think part of our, our thing is living our life our way and not having to stress out over others. but unfortunately, others intersect. So, <laughs> so going back to um, something that you said about the books. So this is one of four. Um, yes. Definitely four. Definitely four for for Pat's Pendant's story. But after book four, there is a book five. But that kind of takes us back to where Maddox and Lynn first met. And there is a, there is a. <laughs> I can't tell you exactly, but there is a story there that kind of explains why Pet's Penance exists and huh. why it looks the way it does. And and more, then more than just slipping into each other's DMs. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> actually, that that is that is not how how Lean and Maddox meet, and 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 we we we've been open about that from the beginning. We we have allowed them to meet at. Uh, an erotica convention in London mm. um, that Lynn was a part of, of starting up uh, back in the day when it was just a conference for writers of erotica mm. and where, where she holds workshops in teach, treating your writing as a business and understand that you are a brand and things like that, which is part of what I have been doing um, mm. as well uh, in my career. Um, and Maddox comes to one of her um, seminars to or workshops to um, to learn something, and uh, they knew of each other before, but it's the first time they met, and and so we changed that. Uh, we 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 gave the meeting on Twitter to Anna and Jeff, so that's their that's their story. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> um, so, do you see collaboration past that for the two of us? Yes. Uh, well, we have <laughs> putting you on the have, spot. I know. Sorry. No, no, you didn't. Uh, it's just that it's it sounds it it might sound like a lot. We do have a lot of stories that are already in in the making. So there is this one, and we have Anne and Jeff's story coming out as well uh, mm. next year. But um, I think you guys talked about this uh, the last time you you had uh, Sir Bear on, and that was uh, a, a collaboration. Uh, for Valentine's, where I am mm-hmm. writing, I'm writing a story for that Valentine's thing um, that I keep forgetting the name of, but it's about first love. Oh, okay. And uh, we meet in Lynn is in that book. That that story starts out with Lynn meeting another character um, at a cafe in London, where. They meet to just talk for it for a few seconds and mm. to calm calm nerves and whatever. Mm. And uh, Jana, who is the the main character in this book, she is about to meet 
her first love for the first time. Mm. And then we get their story. And Lynn goes off to meet Anna, who is Anna from the Anna and Jeff story. And she is then out of that book, but she she is there for a few minutes uh, in the mm. beginning. So I love how they connect. Three, three different women and their, their love stories. Um, oh. In, okay. the, in the works at the moment. Um, I'm going to go over to Maddox. And besides this, so we've had you on before and we've talked about your other books and things. So um, is there anything else that you have going on outside of this collaboration? Uh, I have quite a few things in the pipeline, most of them under the Armitage name. The next two big things I'm bringing out are for the Valentine's Day anthology. Uh, which is entitled How Sweet It Is. And those will, one of them will definitely be under the Armitage pen name. It is a Yuri piece uh, based off the story of Pygmalion, which I mentioned last time. And the other one, I, I'm I'm still working out the scenes and just how raunchy it's going to be, but <laughs> it is a fantasy pirate uh, themed piece that will either go and might well go under uh, Maddox Reinhardt's name. Um, it, it is pretty smutty. But <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, no, we love smut around here. Um, so <laughs> we're going to um, have to wrap it up here for tonight, but we would love to have you guys back. And um, maybe when you are ready to release the second part of pets penance you guys would come back and hang out with us again sure absolutely um, if not sooner that would be awesome <laughs> when we can give away a little bit more <laughs> yes yes i love the teasers that you've given so far so i think i think it works really well but um anything that you want to say here to our listeners at the end obviously we always have the links and everything in our description but um is there anything else that you want to tell anyone to find you or follow you I think uh, if you're leaving the links, we also gave you the link to our uh, website, uh, uh -huh. holyhell.com. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I love it. Where you get a lot of extra uh, stories and where you also get a chance to, to meet our different characters as they pop up. Um, mm. It's uh, actually from, from, from my days of, of doing interesting things, I did run two, two blogs. Um, dedicated to to safe and sex positive uh, sex LARPing and uh, I closed them down after mm. quite a quite a long time uh, because I felt like I, I was retired and uh -huh. um, for for health reasons and uh, it wasn't really part of my life before anymore um, so I closed them down but before that I was involved in in a lot of exciting things and um, we thought maybe we could uh, utilize them and use them for this. And that turns out there was quite a lot of blog posts and articles in there that's actually quite good. So, yeah, now Lynn and our other characters get to post them on Holy Hell instead. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for our listeners, if you don't go over to the description, Holy Hell is H-O-L-I, H-E-L-L. -L. So yes. holy, holyhell.com. And from there, you can find our Twitter handles and, and everything else as well. So, okay. Maddox, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, I am in the process of launching a YouTube channel, actually, for cooking, um, okay. <laughs> if people are interested in that. Uh, it, it was uh, kicked off because I kept hearing from people that I do a lot of cooking in some of my stories, mm. and they said, well, you know, I, I don't know how to cook and, you know, I, I've watched food personalities on Twitch and I've watched cooking shows and it's also complicated. <laughs> and I thought, you know, it, it's really not. And, and I'm someone who grew up in a family where my mother didn't teach me how to cook because boys don't cook, only girls oh, do. Yeah. And then I became, you know, a single adult male and got really sick of fast food really fast. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And taught myself to cook. Incredibly important. And discovered that it can be a useful part of your romantic life too. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> well, so I love that. I'm hoping that there will be some good tongue-in-cheek humor, a little bit of raunchiness, and <laughs> also practicality to it. Yeah. Well, do you have a name for the channel yet? It is the Carnal Kitchen. <laughs> the Carnal <laughs> Kitchen. I love it. Maybe maybe um, Lily could uh, send you some recipes. She's an excellent cook. The only problem is, and our longtime listeners know this, Lily has a habit of getting kicked off of YouTube. I do. Um, I do. <laughs> really? I do. Because apparently I just can't. She we we had a we had a, a channel going where um she was doing reviews of lingerie. Nothing any different than a million others that are out there. Yeah. Um she did the only strike the channel ever got was for um a chapter that we put up from one of my books that she had narrated and we got it it was sexual so we got it um but then um months after that uh got a notice that the channel had been pulled because it was overly sexual and um yeah. i forget the rest of the technical language they used but I, I, you know, honestly, I, I went back, I looked at everything we had posted on there and it was so much, so much tamer than yeah. everybody else. I don't use vulgar language. I don't like overly sexualize anything. I reviewed lingerie and talked about books and apparently that's too much. We yeah. were getting too much of following. I don't know. So yeah, anyway. we, we, our following did grow, <laughs> grow rapidly, but anyway, I just, you know, in case you ever decided you wanted to chat with Lily on your YouTube channel, just know that could be the kiss of death. I do. I do. Oh, I, well, cook, I, I cook really well. I already well. got kicked off TikTok, so I mean. <laughs> oh, man. Like, no. ridiculous. But I had to get the whole story out there because um, it, it's it, it's frustrating. I haven't tried to go through all the hoops to get us back on YouTube because it's just not worth it. Um, mm. But every opportunity I get, I vent. Right. And I refuse to apologize. And yeah. Like, I'm so sorry for not doing anything wrong. <laughs> I, I, I think it is possible that you were reported because this is something I have seen a lot uh, talking about these things from a disability perspective in the past, that if, if you put a 25 year old, super hot person on mm -hmm. On, uh, they can talk about whatever they want and they can yes. get as far out as they want as long as there's enough people who think that they are the sexiest things in sliced bread. Mm -hmm. put, put another person on and say the same things but not even half as saucy or anything. Mm -hmm. if, if you have enough and, and I'm sorry to say but if you have enough men who don't think that you are the sexiest thing ever you're going to be reported and if you have enough people reporting you they, they, they will nuke your channel. And I think that's happened a lot to to people who aren't, as I said, who, who not only do they have to be young, but they have to be young and pretend to be single, and and yeah. they have to yes. be there and try to demonstrate that there is a chance that you're going to get to Shagney. I, I think that's. I think that may be a big part of it that mm. there was no never any pretending that Lily was single. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact. I spoke in a few of the videos, but for our listeners, they also know this. I've transferred all the videos that we had on YouTube to my website. So yeah. um, you can, but um, uh, we had several. Well, well, I will check them out for uh, uh, purely research purposes. <laughs> yes. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I was going to, I was also going to say we've had several um, friends and followers who thought that we grew too fast. Mm -hmm. and that we were, you know, intimidating others or whatever. And so they reported us or something. Jealousy yeah. is a, a big problem. We were talking about that before we started this tonight, that some people can't really handle not being the one who gets to be in the spotlight. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and our thing is we're all about mutual support. And that's one of the things mm -hmm. I love about the writing community is there are a handful of people who are not that way, but the majority will go out of their way to support fellow indie authors. Mm. And, and I appreciate that. Yes. Same. So, it's so important. We, in mutual support, we are so happy to have you guys on here and to be able to have this chat and to be able to get this um, story told and to promote your story. So 
We are really appreciative that you have come on with us and please, please, please consider coming back and Kyle will be in touch, but um, we very much enjoyed having you guys on tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Welcome to Speak Seductively. If you were listening and would like to support us, please follow the link to make a donation. Our goal is to bring better quality and more guests. Your support always helps. Speak seductively.